Are you tired of the risk involved when accepting credit card payments? Maybe you've experienced chargebacks months after the date of purchase, or you've seen a bunch of disputes listed on your credit card statement, and you're ready for a solution that will free up your cash flow and allow you to keep the money that you earn from selling your products. If that's you, then stick around for a few moments. So as we deep dive on hot e-commerce merchant topics, covering the ins and outs of credit card processing, underwriting, and more, as well as provide actionable tips and best practices on how to ensure that you keep all the money you earn from selling your business's products. Get ready to learn exactly how to make healthier financial decisions for your business using a merchant account provider and payment gateway service you have never seen before. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Behind the Stone, the e-commerce mastermind show. My name is Robert Rungan, and I will be your host. This is the show where we take a deep dive and discuss hot e-commerce topics and share tips that allow decision makers to take their businesses to the next level. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Amazon Affiliate uh, today I am gathered. I am joined by Brad Weinert. Brad from Easy Pay Direct. How are you doing today? Good man. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day in Austin. Uh, that's great to hear. So we're going to be talking about how e-commerce merchants can protect themselves. Um, so backing backing up before we talk about that, can you give me a little bit more insight about Easy Pay Direct and what you guys do at Easy Pay Direct? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think uh, in simplest form, Easy Pay Direct is uh, the fastest, safe way to accept payments online. So we work with generally um, e-commerce companies to help them optimize the way that they accept credit cards online or ACH payments. Um, that's kind of in simplest terms. Um, one of the significant problems that we solve for people is the inherent risk that comes with accepting credit cards. Um, and people that have run into it are acutely aware of the situation and people that haven't usually have heard of it. Um, but kind of the, the 30 second overview is that uh, you and I as consumers, when we buy something, we have six months from when we buy that thing to dispute the charge. So literally anything that you buy, you buy a coffee, a meal, um, a camera, six months later, you can dispute the charge. And when you do that as a consumer, the first thing that happens is that money gets pulled out of the business owner's bank account. And then the business owner has to prove that they did in fact deliver the service to you. Um, the problem is that if the business isn't there anymore, the credit card processing company has to pay that money back to you. And that's Visa and MasterCard's protection for the consumer. But as a result, credit card processing companies are frequently very concerned with businesses uh, and their ultimate liquidity. So that's kind of like this inherent challenge that leads to, um, you know, the Stripes, the PayPal's, the merchant account provider XYZ's of the world, closing accounts and holding money. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, six months is a long time and, and you have to keep really detailed records to be able to go back. And, and so you actually help people with uh, protecting themselves online and, and with the merchants as well. Um, so let me ask you, what exactly is high risk? So, you know, like something with maybe a higher likelihood of like refunds or disputes, like who, who, who would that, who would fall into that category? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, high, high risk is kind of a nasty term. <laughs> uh, nobody likes to be called high risk. Um, 
but it pertains to what I was just talking about, which is the likelihood of the credit card processing company ultimately needing to pay if the business goes out of business. Um, and so uh, in my world, you know, 15 years into payments, uh, everything, I see the risk flags all over the place. But for most consumers, they think of the obvious things as high risk, like people that sell guns or ammo or adult businesses or, um, you know, magic potions online that will cure cancer or whatever. Um, but the fact of the matter is, anytime the card isn't present is the first indicator of risk. So anything that's online has a significantly higher risk than, um, say, a brick and mortar store. And the reason for that is that the statistical likelihood of fraud is way higher as soon as you go online, right? So if you think about it from like a, a credit card thief's perspective, if you're going to steal a bunch of credit cards and then buy things with them, are you going to walk into a Best Buy to buy them or are you going to order it online? Well, like obviously More you're going to order it online. Order it online. <laughs> right. So fraud is much higher there. So that's kind of the baseline of like you have hit the risk spectrum. Um, but then the things that escalate from there are um, spikes in volume. So if you're consistently processing, you know, 100,000 a month, 100,000 a month, 100,000 a month, and all of a sudden that goes to two or 300, that presents risk for the provider. Anything with recurring billing presents risk for the provider. Um, supplements present risk, software as a service, trial offers, uh, information products. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, but what you have to think about is just the increased likelihood of dispute. Okay, so there's a, there's a lot of, of risk involved in online transactions. So what are the banks doing? Like, how are they controlling the risks? Two ways. So uh, you have kind of two mechanisms for this. One is what uh, PayPal and Stripe do. And uh, we call those merchant account aggregators. Um, another term for that is payment facilitator or payfac. But the model there is that, um, I, have you set up a PayPal account before, Robert? Yes, yes, actually, yeah, I've got a How PayPal, long does it take? And I love my PayPal account. Absolutely love everything <laughs> that PayPal does. How, how, uh, how long did it take to set up? Uh, to be honest, I, I can't remember. It's been so long ago that I set it up. Um, if I recall, I had to, they, they made a few um, transactions into my bank account and I had to verify what those transactions were. I think they dropped like a penny and three pennies. Yeah. So they set it up immediately and then they'll verify that they have an accurate bank account before they fund things. But you're good to go immediately. And Stripe does the same thing. Uh, what that means is that they don't know who you are, what you do, how you do it, what you sell, how you sell it, how you deliver it, if you deliver it. As a result, the only thing that they have left to control risk is to close your account or to hold your money. Just press pause on things. So if they suspect that there's an increase in risk, all they can do is freeze the account. Um, that's not good or bad necessarily. It, that's just how the model works. Now, obviously, as an e-commerce store owner or any business owner, uh, it could present some problems. Um, but, the, uh, but it allows you to get up and running really quick, which is a very good thing if you're just trying to prove concept um, or just execute. Um, the alternative approach is to do underwriting. So on the front end, before like a, a traditional merchant account provider would allow you to accept payments, they want to know who you are, 
what you do, how you're doing it, what you're selling, how you're delivering it, because it helps them monitor risk on the front end um, before they allow you to accept payments, which necessarily really reduces the likelihood of having the account closed or having money held later. Unfortunately, um, that takes longer and very few companies really do a good job of doing that anyway. Many, 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 many merchant account providers operate like Stripe and PayPal. I see. So I'm familiar with underwriting when it comes to the insurance world. So what exactly yeah. is underwriting? Yep. Yeah. So the insurance world and mortgages and merchant accounts are all very, very, very similar. Um, and they're, they all have an underwriting process. Actually, the, the entire business models are pretty similar. Um, but with merchant accounts, we're looking at, again, the likelihood of A, well, there are three things. We're underwriting the individual, the business, uh, and it's actually personal history, business history, and business model. So personal history is like credit score, basically. And maybe, you know, if you've committed financial fraud, that's going to be a problem and relevant. Um, business history is, again, just longevity of the business. Do you have money in the bank? Um, what is your credit card processing history been like? But business model is what becomes most relevant for the e-commerce space because a slight tweak in the marketing model um, makes a huge difference in terms of risk. So, you know, for example, if you are selling uh, um, whey protein and um, you're selling it in bulk, or let's say like a, a jug of whey protein uh, and you're selling it in a GNC store, Right, Let, or let's let's leave GNC out of this. But you're selling it in a store, face to face with a, uh, just the swiped card. That has a different risk than selling that same jug online, which still has a different risk than if you sell that jug on a recurring basis and say, "Hey, you're in a, a subscription for one jug a month," even though you've only got one jug that you've sold initially, which has a different risk profile than if you say, "Hey, we're going to do a trial offer, and it's free for the first 14 days. Then we're going to charge you the subscription every month." Right. So all those are different. Um, and it takes actually understanding that on the front end to accurately assess the likelihood of getting chargebacks as a result of that. So it seems like you want them to understand your business and you want to build a relationship like the history. And you also want to like stabilize your account, right? Um, so yeah. how does all of this work together? You know, uh, how does... Uh, underwriting and work alongside with your business and, and how does that make it easier for the merchant and also the buyer? Yeah. Um, I mean, the goal for the buyer, quite honestly, is for things to be uh, seamless. You don't even, the credit card processing company should not even be a thing for the buyer. For the buyer, it just needs to work, right? And for the merchant account or for the, the merchant, for the business owner, um, it would be lovely if everything just worked. Uh, but it definitely behooves uh, the business owner to have enough understanding to protect themselves in the front end. Um, and I think that the, the keys to that are, like you said, it's making sure that your provider understands your business model. Um, and a, a good litmus test for that is if you got set up without them asking any questions, they didn't do any underwriting. So necessarily, they don't know anything about your business. Um, that's an easy one. Uh, Similarly, uh, we really encourage people to be working with more than one back-end banking partner. 
Um, we call that transaction routing. And the Easy Pay Direct Gateway was built to allow you to have more than one merchant account that we facilitate for you, um, and then automatically divide your volume across them. Now, for clarity, there are really bad ways to do that, and there are really good ways that are helpful for every party involved. So it's really important that you set that up the right way. Um, but it, the, the thing is, even if you have the best relationship with the best provider, they did thorough underwriting, they really understand you, um, they can still end up holding money or closing an account. Um, and the, the large reason for that, uh, there are many, but one of them is that for a, for a large bank, they're usually making systemic changes or categorical changes. So you could be running completely smoothly and they could just decide, hey, they could decide because let's say one of your competitors had a huge issue. They could say, you know what? This industry, not worth it anymore. Too much risk for us. Let's just close all of it, get it off our books. And that stuff happens all the time. Um, so it really makes sense for a business owner to have some of that control in their own hands. Yeah, it makes And our path to that is, yeah, more than one account. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So uh, does it have to do anything with like the amount of volume? Is there a threshold? Uh, is there, yeah. how, how does all that work? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot to it because it goes back to the three underwriting things, right? It's personal history, business history, and business model. Uh, the business history, uh, one of those elements is volume. Um, and it's it's funny because we, you know, we have some accounts that are, uh, that are doing, you know, 100 or 150 million a year. And uh, every so often, one of those says something along the lines of like, well, you know, we're amazing. Like, we're, we're a great account. You're making tons of money. We don't pose any risk. We've been operating forever. And the fact is, as uh, history matters, right? Because with history, you can see the pattern of what disputes are going to be, of uh, chargebacks, you, everything stabilizes because you can see the pattern. Um, but, you know, that same company could change their marketing model. They could run a new offer in an instant. And it's not like, you know, if, a, if you're doing $100,000 a month and you have 2% of your uh, transactions dispute, it's not that big of a deal. That's 2% is still a lot in the world of credit card processing, but it's not that big of a deal. But if you have, you, you know, $10 million in a month dispute, 2% is a pretty big number at that point. Um, yeah. So as your volume increases, risk increases for the providers. That makes sense. So how would you reduce the number of disputes that you would have on your account? I think there are a bunch of things you can do. Um, first and foremost, <laughs> don't be a jerk if you can avoid it. Uh, and I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but look, it's, it's way easier to just refund if you can. You know, the first line of defense is make refunds easy. Um, so if somebody wants their money back, it's easier to just give it back. Um, to do that, uh, make the path to refund easy, meaning uh, uh, make your 800 number available, your customer service number available. If you're doing recurring transactions, anytime you bill the card, send notification and say, hey, if you want to cancel the subscription, here's how. Um, and then I think another significant tip on that front is uh, making sure that your descriptor gives them uh, your 800 number. So when you buy something as a consumer, 
whatever you bought shows up on your credit card statement or more accurately in your banking portal, right? And it says, hey, this transaction for this amount and then next to it, it's the, usually the name of the business, but you can modify that. And if instead of the name of the business, it says, you know, business 800 number, you're just a little bit more likely as a consumer to call the 800 number than to push the dispute button next to the charge if you want your money back. So I'd say as a business owner, that's a really good mechanism to reduce your chargebacks. Yeah, I, I, that sounds perfect. So what happens if I manage multiple merchant accounts? You know, um, how do I reduce my risk and, and all the chargebacks associated with multiple credit accounts? So say I'm doing a million here, I'm doing 10 million here, and I'm doing 100 million here. Um, how can I reduce all of those chargebacks and, and, and everything from multiple merchant accounts? Yeah, I mean, you know, we know um, some of the larger companies out there that literally have teams in-house that manage their merchant accounts. Um, one, of, one of the services that we provide uh, to our clients is we have a, a dedicated certified payment specialist in-house that manages that stuff for people. Um, it's really case by case in a lot of ways. Uh, you can spend all your time doing it. The, the number one thing to make that process easier is just to make refunds easier. And obviously, I understand the marketing side of this and uh, it's balance, right? But it's easy to oversell. And if you, get, if, you, if you get as a marketer, when you get really good at getting people to click the buy button, um, you then have to also look at the other side of it and think about when you're overselling. And when is it better to pull back a little so you don't get the high refunds, the high chargebacks? Um, but there are also a couple other tools out there. So there are services that will handle the chargebacks for you. Um, the challenge with most of those services is that they are paid by the chargeback. So they don't actually have an incentive to reduce your chargebacks. They just want to handle them for you. Um, there are also services out there um, that now Visa and MasterCard actually own um, that will help stop the chargeback from turning into a chargeback. So basically they're alert programs. So when a chargeback is filed, um, you get a notification right away. And if you refund it within 48 hours, it never turns into a chargeback. And those are very, very helpful if you have a chargeback problem. So those are services that we set up for people that have, uh, have issues with chargebacks. So I appreciate you for clarifying there. Uh, so why why would someone want to set up those the multiple merchant accounts? So like uh, again, like I know I asked if I had you know one million, ten million, and a hundred million. But if I'm doing a hundred and fifty million or two hundred million or or even less, why would I want to set up multiple? Right. You know, as I was saying before, even if you have the best merchant account provider out there, um, there's still a likelihood or there's, there's still a possibility of running to an issue. Um, and it could be that, you know, there are some obvious examples like uh, CBD and marijuana where banks are okay with it and they're not okay with it and they're okay with it and they're not okay with it. But then there's very stable stuff um, like you have a software company. Um, and everything's fine and you, you have no chargebacks and everybody loves you. But that one bank that you have your merchant account with has an issue with another software company and they just decide, hey, we're out of the software game. Um, 
and the problem is you just don't know when it's going to happen. So uh, the, I think a better question is at what volume level is it relevant? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that up until you're doing a million a year ish, I'd say probably a little below that, but uh, before up until you're doing a million, you're kind of flying under the radar. So, you know, once you start to hit uh, 50, 60, 70 grand a month, it's really important that you have more than one merchant account. And again, I'll reiterate that it's really important that you set it up the right way. And well, how would I set it up though? So uh, how do I set up multiple um, merchant accounts? Um, well, of course, the short answer is you can just talk to Easy Pay Direct and our certified payment specialist will do it for you. <laughs> but uh, you can, I mean, look, you can try to hunt it down yourself. But the challenge is that when you're trying to do it yourself, um, it's really important that you have a different backend banking partner. So in the, in the world of merchant accounts, you have the brand that you see is typically referred to as an ISO, an independent sales organization. And some people just call those credit card processors or merchant account providers, but they are registered with Visa and MasterCard through what's called the member bank. And uh, the bank is a member of the Visa MasterCard Association. Uh, it's really common when people try to go out and set up multiple merchant accounts to find different brands, different credit card processing companies that all use the same bank. And the problem with that is when you do that, if one of the accounts goes down, the other ones are going to go down as well. Thanks. So I, I would strongly encourage anybody that's trying to do this uh, to work with somebody that can help them set up multiple accounts. That, and it also ensures, hopefully, that that person is setting it up the right way. That makes sense. And it seems like super, super complicated to do it yourself. So uh, easy pay direct would definitely be my choice. Uh, so <laughs> in, in, in closing here, uh, you know, who is Easy Pay Direct? Like, get, give me a little bit more insight on, on what you guys do and um, how that you can help merchants, e-commerce merchants, and, and help them reduce risk and optimize their online payments. Yeah. Um, well, I think in simplest terms, uh, we're a merchant account provider and a payment gateway. And so we're designed to be a one-stop shop to handle payments for people. Um, First and foremost, we want to make sure that people get up and running, uh, aren't paying more than they need to be, but most importantly, are operating very safely so that they don't run the risk of having their whole business collapse. Because if you lose the ability to accept payments, I don't know how long your business is going to last, but it's not going to be very long. Um, uh, from there, we want to look at refunds, disputes, chargebacks, um, and declines, and make sure that you are actually optimizing the transactions that come through. Um, and in recurring businesses, that becomes more and more relevant. But um, we have some of the most knowledgeable people in-house uh, that you will ever meet in the world of payments. And it's a, it's sort of a, it's a strange point of pride for me now because I didn't grow up thinking, man, I really want to process payments when I get older. Uh, but, uh, but it's pretty cool because we get to interact with such a wide variety of business owners. Um, and our team has become really, really knowledgeable in this wide range of different businesses, which is cool for them. Um, but it's also neat to see how they can help amplify uh, e-commerce stores. Uh, so I love watching it. I love watching it grow. That's awesome. So why, why should people use the Easy Pay Direct Gateway? Um, I think there are a lot of things. We've got a bunch of uh, 
fraud filters uh, and things that prevent you from getting in trouble with fraud, but also ways to optimize your payments. And then at the core of it uh, is the transaction routing feature. So the ability to have multiple merchant accounts in one place um, and manage them there. And of course the gateway is integrated to like every shopping cart uh, under the sun. So uh, integrations are necessary and a key component. Thank you for clarifying, Brad. Uh, so if you'd like to learn more about Easy Pay Direct, uh, check the description box below this video. There's uh, going to be a link to get a free consultation uh, from our certified payment um, specialist uh, to help protect your business and save you money to help optimize your online payments. Uh, Brad, again, thank you for joining me today. Uh, have a wonderful day, and I, I look forward to having you on the show again. Good to see you. Appreciate the time. Hey, thank you.